My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It's a well-known fact that part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on today's programme by growth coach and change management expert, Paul Burton. Um, Paul is the director and founder of Poby Limited, a specialist business that provides performance improvement solutions to make transformational change within organisations. Um, Paul is also the founder of Seacoach, an app which helps individuals own their change by understanding what they don't know and where they need to improve prior to actually going and working on their skills development. So plenty on that front, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Paul, very warm welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us on the show. Hi Scott, thanks for the opportunity and um, hi to everybody that's listening. Yeah, so um, just for those listeners as well that might not be familiar with uh, sort of yourself and what you do, Paul, um, I've given a brief overview as to what it is that uh, your businesses do. But in your own words, could you just expand on that a little bit for us and tell us what exactly it is that you do specialise in? Yeah, I guess there's um, I guess there's two sides to consider really. There's, um, there's there's what we do for individuals, and then what it will then do to organisations. Um, I think what we what we've gone on to build is. How do you help individuals to be able to kind of understand what they don't know and, and help them navigate life and business challenges? Um, if you think for, for individuals, you know, we're, we're a bit like fields um, that have along our way have kind of hoovered up all the different seeds and, uh, and everything that we see and hear and kind of that's what we become. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you then understand as an individual where am I and then what do I need to do differently to be able to kind of change my, my life, either from a kind of a personal context or in a business context? Um, so what things, what tools and what, what mechanisms have I got that will help me to be able to kind of become my best self? And then if you take it into an organizational setting, I'm sure you'll have heard the adage, um, you know, people are your greatest asset. Mm. Uh, you know, it's banded around. But when was the last time you felt like your organization or an organization really truly cared about you? So what, what would be answer, what would your answer to that be, Scott? When was the last time you really felt an organization really cared for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate uh, that obviously we're, we're quite good at that and ensuring that obviously um, we, we do feel valued within the, uh, the Leaders' Council, certainly, and that our work, of course, is hugely important. But I can imagine that in previous roles, certainly... Like I say, that is a question that does make me think, wow, actually, when was the last time that I felt like, you know, that my contribution really was valued? And so I can imagine that for a lot more people out there, that question would really essentially uh, provoke some serious thought. Yeah, and I think the thing is, it's like, I think it's, I think there's one thing about being seen that you're valued for your contribution to organisation, which is, which is one side of things. But when did you really feel like you were cared for by an organisation about you? Not what you can do for the organization, but about you. Now, clearly, it has to be connected. But organizations spend a fortune in this area. In fact, you know, the total spend um, in kind of in interventions is 1.151 billion pounds worldwide into organizations actually trying to help people feel like that they're cared for and help them develop grow. But actually, if you look at all the stats, 85% of people aren't engaged. Um, you know, two out of five people are planning on leaving their organization. You know, we haven't got something right in that side of things. And I think it's largely because what we're doing is sheet dipping or we've got kind of a one-size-fits-all of a number of different solutions. And actually what we're not doing is we're not personalizing, we're not helping individuals 
to be able to grow and how do we help them on an individualized journey, put something that equips them to do something with it and connect them to the organization. And that's what we're about doing. So it's how do we, how do we create what coaching is when it's done brilliantly, but how do we do that at scale to enable it to be in everybody's pocket and for every organization to be able to do it for everybody. And that's what we're about doing. Yeah, it certainly makes sense from my point of view. So um, what you're essentially saying is that there's kind of this, there's, there's a disconnect within business, isn't there? There's this idea that leaders go in there and obviously implement their sort of, you know, leadership style, leadership strategy, if you will. And it's almost being, it's almost being imposed on everybody as if it's going to work for the collective. It's not yeah. necessarily valuing every individual team member as an individual. And this is perhaps why we're getting a lot of this, this quiet quitting we see. People yeah. aren't feeling as if, you know, there's that sort of individualism there. There's that time to actually really get to know them from the leaders and get to know what to make them tick. Is that, is that something you, you think is right? Yeah, totally. I mean, and I, and, and I get it. I understand why. You know, it's a, it, we're all individuals. You know, it's, it, it, it's like every single one of us is individual. We've got our own field that has grown. So that's really tough. And, you, you know, you look through... You know, you, you look through LinkedIn and it's, and it's covered and it says that we need to deal with DNI, we need to deal with menopause, we need to deal with, you know, so on and so forth. There's a million different versions of what we need to be focused on doing, which is really tough for an organization to do. And it's really tough for a leader to be able to kind of know what they need to do for their people. Because actually, we don't even really know ourselves that well half the time, let alone somebody else get to know us. Mm. And I mm. think the journey is, I think what we need to, to, to a certain extent, stop doing is, is expecting our employer to do everything for us or have to have all the answers. But what we, have, what we need is, I think, an organizational setting is the best place for us to be able to actually help individuals help themselves. And what I mean by that is a leader can't change you, only you can change you. But you've got to know where you need to change yourself before anybody else can do that. But what's the tools and the mechanisms that can help you go on that journey to become enlightened for yourself about the things that you need to do? Because once you know it, you can arguably go and have a conversation with your manager and say, look, you know, look, I recognize the things I think I need to be able to work on are these things. Now, how can a manager know that unless you know it? That's, that's a really tough ask. So how do we equip something that actually starts to change that paradigm that says, yes, a leader needs to be able to support individuals, what they can't do is second guess what that is. Mm. And what they can't do is get to know that by just, you know, trying to have conversations with an individual when an individual doesn't even know for themselves where their blocks are. So how do we equip individuals in the first place to become cognizant of what those things are? And then how do we equip a manager to be able to create that connection with the individual that goes, right, let's have a conversation. I understand the thing that you're working on are these things. Is that right? How can I help you? How can I support you? What, what, what's triggering you? And, that, and that's life and business. Because there isn't, there isn't, you know, you don't walk through a door and step out of the one into the other. You carry them both in both spheres. So how do you, how do you navigate that? Does that make sense? It does, doesn't it? It's it's obviously from a leadership perspective about kind of taking the time to understand, I mean, it's like what it is that uh, your employees need in their development. And they almost like, if you don't know where your strengths and weaknesses are, which often is the case, I mean, you need to take the time to obviously try to figure that out, don't you? You need to challenge yourself on that. But also it sort of screams out to me that there needs to be some 
recognition of the importance of well-being within the uh, the workplace as well and the fact that you know when you step into that workplace you genuinely feel like there is that holistic form of leadership there and that your leader does take the time out to ask the key questions and that they do care about you and if that is remarkably absent this is again going to sort of lead to that more sort of toxic culture where people don't feel valued and again we're going to see a lot of issues around retention and uh it's important to acknowledge, isn't it, there, that when we think about how that sort of toxic culture, if we call it that, can really manifest, it's about what the leader doesn't do, isn't it, rather than what they do do. It's um, it's not them going out and sort of behaving in a bad way and leading poorly. It's the things that they don't do that they might not realise they're not doing that end up being the real trap that they're falling into. Yeah, totally. It's a really, it's a really good point, isn't it? I mean, we... You know, we're, we're, we're pre-programmed to, you know, as, as humans to be able to protect ourselves. So we're always looking out for risk, aren't we, right? And we always hear bad news because it's really instant. Good news is really slow. So if you take toxic cultures, you know, are they toxic because actually you've got some really bad people that are purposely being toxic in that situation? But it, well, I, you know, it exists, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But, it's, but I would suggest it's the minority and not the majority, which goes to your point, which is it's kind of the unsaid that is the kind of the toxic workforce rather than the Senate. And, and, you know, so, and how do you, how do you, you know, so trust is eroded in the grey. You know, it's kind of like, you know, um, so Scott, you, you know, we're having a performance conversation and, uh, you, know, you, you know, we're talking about how you question a new listener as an example, you know, and, and we'll have that conversation and you go, you know, well, you know, well, I thought you knew Scott and you go, well, I didn't. Yeah, but I, I thought you knew how to question and listen. Yeah, but, but, well, you know, that's a reasonable assumption. But what says that I do? Mm. You know, and it's that space that I thought, you know, or whatever it would be, rather than kind of that stepping into the space that goes, you know, I recognize that you're focused in this area, you know, and therefore you're doing something with it. How can I support in that? But as I say, I think, that, but, you know, I think it's really easy to put this on leaders. And I think it's really easy to put it on managers and I think it's really easy to put it on businesses that say, you're not doing enough to be able to support your people. You know, you need to do more to be able to support your people. But we have to get to a point where we take responsibility for ourselves. You know, in my view, employment isn't a right. You know, you can't, everybody can't just expect to be employed. You're exchanging energy Mm. for money. And when you go there, you have a responsibility to be able to help yourself. So your manager can't do everything for you, identify all your development needs and kind of performance manage for you and work out whether or not you've got issues with this right or whatever it would be in, in you know, at home. You know, so should they create the environment in which you can have a conversation about it? Absolutely. Should they be, should they be creating a relationship with you that says, actually, I care fundamentally about you as a person? So yes, you've got to deliver in your workplace, and but I recognise the way that you're going to deliver is by being your best self holistically. So I've got to create that environment, but you've got to step forward with like being, you know, taking steps to be able to help yourself. Does that make sense? Mm. So, but but if you then connect and go, okay, but I don't know what I don't know. So how do I know what steps I need to take to be better? So we've got this kind of real paradigm, which is, I don't know what I need to do differently. And you don't know how you need to help me. And that's what the coach is all about. Mm. That coach is about equipping individuals with some of the answers for themselves. 
and then being able to expand that out to the manager. So the manager, so then you've got intelligence between the two of you that can start to go, right, I'm taking some responsibility for my growth. You can help me as my manager. And then you can do that from whichever proximity you're in. It doesn't need to be in the workplace. It can be hybrid, you know, it's just so we don't see what I mean. So we just, we're missing this middle piece, which is what's the root cause is, and how do I get to know it for myself? And then how do I group you as a manager? Or how does a manager support me? Yeah, exactly right. And I think what's important here is that we have to acknowledge that when it comes to, it's, it sort of ties into what you said about sort of uh, bad news and good news and the pace that they get through. And it, it sort of ties into that really. It's what material sort of is able to filter through to a person, I suppose, has to be based on the need of that person at that particular time. And that sort of ties in with the uh, the knowing, doesn't it, as well? It's what do they need for their development at that particular time? Oh, gosh, you know, that that is just the perfect, that is just a perfect summary of the situation. Because we're all different, so our needs are different at different times. Mm. And it's kind of like, so what we're doing is, you know, the sheep dip analogy I used in the, in the first place, what we're doing is we're hoping that what we do is we, we push solutions onto people with the hope that it's the kind of thing that they need. But if it's not the right thing at the right time, then it's not actually just, it's a waste of, it's a waste of money and resource, mm. you know. So actually, you know, so there are certain businesses that have got have had the ability of great wealth to be able to buy loyalty. But I think that's diminishing. You know, we, we're about to go into some harder times, right? And but once you've got money, it doesn't buy you solutions. If you know what I mean, it doesn't buy the things that you need to do in the connection. What you've got to do is it's like. What's, what's important to the individual at that time? What do they need to get through? You know, so we've got, you know, we've got users that have used our codes that have identified for themselves that their confidence is really low and their ability, inability to take steps is as a consequence of their ego. They self-identified that through the coach. And then they've been able to take some steps as a consequence of that to be able to kind of to, to get a breadth of understanding what's going on and what can they do different about it. You know, we've had testimonies from people to say that I wouldn't be here, leave alone having graduated. Because what they've been able to do is identify in their own mind why they're stuck and what things are kind of creating inaction for them and what's crippling them in their mind. And then as a consequence, take action for it. Well, how can people, how can you possibly do that from the outside? Mm. You know, you've got to do it from the inside first. So, and that's what I was talking about. You know, we're missing this kind of thing, this kind of conduit to help people understand, you know, where they're stuck and what their blind spots are and what's impacting them most greatly at that period of time. Because actually, half of us don't know it until such time as we see it or feel it. And then it becomes conscious. Mm. And then it's conscious we can do something about it. Um, and that's the first thing that we need to do at the right time you could spend a fortune sending me on a training course, which delays me in what I'm doing, is late when I need it, versus when I need it anyway. I go there and the first five things I hear aren't valuable. You've done my head in, not help me. Because I'm thinking, you don't know me. It's not what I need. Mm. You know, my big issue is this. But you've got to know what the big issue is. You do, don't you? And I think as soon as you've identified what the issue is and then all of a sudden you've made that intervention, hopefully the right one, 
I suppose what's then incredibly important is that leadership has to then take a moment to debrief very quickly after that's happened. Because if, for instance, you send somebody on this training course, even if it is the one that they need, and all of a sudden, six months later, you're asking them, ah, how, how was that training course six months ago? And uh, what did you learn from it? Are they really going to remember the impact that it had? Are you going to have the most productive conversation out of it? These are things you've got to consider as well. Yeah, totally. It's, quite, it, it, it's the proximity and the timeliness of stuff, exactly as you say, but also the kind of awareness on both sides of things. You know, when those courses are kind of, let's say that course is exactly right what you need, when it's best is when your manager's on the course too. Mm. You know, what, why is that? Because you've both gone through the same experience and you both know what you can talk about. You can both talk about your reflections from what you got about it. And then you can both agree, okay, what's the important steps you're going to take? But that doesn't happen and it can't happen. Now, it's not to say that those courses aren't valuable and give people kind of time and, you know, help people understand. It's how much is it, it's how much of it are you converting into action and when are you doing it? So exactly as you say, the connection between the manager and an individual on their journey and the timeliness of that is really critical. So both of them are aware about where, what they're doing and how they're going about it in the detail and not just a kind of a debrief afterwards, but actually supporting them on the journey in the first place. And actually identifying that it's the small, and the other thing I think is really important to this as well, um, Scott, is, is about it being bite-sized. You know, we're all, you know, so time is really precious for all of us. And actually in the workplace, it's really precious because few of us have probably got capacity that is sitting there waiting for us to be able to kind of just, you know, flounder, if you like. You know, so you've got to be, it's got to be timely. You've got to get things, when I, when I need to know something and when I've got a gap, I need to get onto it now. Why? Because it's front of mind now and because it's impacting what I'm doing now, not in the future. And then how much of that can I consume? Well, I've probably got 10 minutes worth of, you know, focus time before I've got to jump onto something else, potentially. Um, so what can I get in a 10 minute segment that actually is valuable for me and I can consume and do something with? You know, and it, so it has to be, you know, bite-sized for us to be able to, from a neuroscience and a psychology perspective, to be able to actually consume it, use it, and then hopefully change our habits. Mm. And obviously, if we don't take this action, if we don't show as leaders that we value the people that we're working with, our colleagues, and we don't value their development... Let's make it very clear what the risks are here, because in what is a very, very difficult environment for recruitment, and we're seeing an awful lot of quiet quitting, we've seen a lot of this great resignation since the uh, the pandemic, you're going to find it very, very hard to tap into the pool of talent uh, that's out there, a shrinking one at that seemingly, if you don't take steps like this to show that your workforce is valued, aren't you? Yeah, totally. I mean, if, you know, do you, if you're working for somebody... If you're working with somebody that you feel really cares for you, you know, do you enjoy? Do you end up enjoying what you're doing? Do you end up having loyalty for that person? You know, for that person or for that organisation? You know, even if your personal circumstances are, you know, people leave businesses typically for money when their personal circumstances say they have to. Does that make sense? So, you know, I've got a new baby, or we're going to get married, or we know we need to move to a bigger property, or you know, we just can't make the money that we're earning equate to be our outgoings, you know, our kind of our base needs. 
then people leave because they have to leave because they have to do something financially and they kind of, you know, they're better themselves. But the majority of people aren't in that situation. So the majority of people, when they leave, it's because they're not happy, not because, the, not because of money. Now, they'll stay if you give them more money. Why? Because you've given them something really tangible, but it's not the reason why they wanted to go in the first place. And actually, by the way, all it does is it buys you short-term loyalty. But if they're not happy and you give them a bit more money, they're still unhappy, mm. but they're just paid. Now, does that mean they're more productive and a better member of, your, member of your workforce? No, not necessarily. Um, but when you really care for somebody or you feel cared for, there's loyalty that means that actually, well, I mean, somebody's got my back here. I need to pay. So I'm going to give. So that creates happiness, which means that you don't tend to, tend to look. And the second thing is that you tend to be able to give back far more than actually you, you know, you're taking to a certain extent because we're human and because we do that. So it's a, it's a real, it's a real, you know, it's really quite base. We just, we just, we're, we're really complex humans, but we typically care about each other when we're cared for. Mm, that's exactly right. And given that you've already mentioned we're going into a period of economic hardship at the moment with the cost of living and inflation the way that it is, people more than ever need that care and support to sort of help navigate their working life and their normal life and also the challenges that business is, uh, is going to face. And uh, just before we actually wrap up on the uh, the programme, uh, Paul, just because I'm conscious that we're starting to run short of time, one thing I do want to talk about is as business leaders try and navigate that environment and show their teams that they are valued and they really double down on retention, what are some of your kind of priorities going to be during this period of time? And what's next for Seacoach, given that, you know, you are, you've identified that middle ground that maybe people don't seem to be considering enough? I mean, it's like the people, they don't know what they don't know, and that's really what you should be focusing on. Yeah, well, I mean, we're driven by having a positive impact on people. We're working in, you know, we're working in the education space, um, for one, you know, because... You know, our future generation are massively impacted by everything that's just gone on, you know, you know in a huge way um, from, you know, anxiety and so on and so forth. And the cost of living is going to kind of create even more challenges, I think, for, for them too. You know, if, if you consider students, you know, there are so many students where the cost of going to, to university is massive. So, and it then has that impact on their families. But what are the things that they can do to help themselves? You know, so there are there some decisions that, that we can equip them with and help them with that are going to enable them to be able to continue with their education rather than dropping out of it? You know, so what are the ways that they can become conscious of those things? You know, so we're in the education system and the, and the coach can help those students with navigating some of those difficult challenges they've got, their personal well-being, you know, kind of what's driving their mental situation, how are they used, you know, how are external forces impacting and planting seeds in their mind, how do they navigate that? How do they make decisions about preparation, their goals, food they eat, where they eat it, and how they consume it, so on and so forth. Mm. And then we're extending what we're doing out into businesses too. You know, what we've, we've, we've built a well-being product that's, that's now available that very much focuses on, you know, on, on well-being in its own right. So my own physical state, my, my, my state of mind, the things that are influencing me, how I build goals, all that sort of stuff. So for us, it's about driving this awareness. And Scott, thank you for the opportunity on here because I think this is one part of driving that awareness that says we're spending a lot of money trying to solve this problem. And the money we're spending isn't necessarily landing and changing the outcome. And the more we can create this awareness of there are some different ways we can do this and start to have some great conversations, I think the bigger the impact that we can possibly have on people. 
Exactly right. And I seriously hope that we do see more conversations about exactly this over the course of the next year and beyond. And I'd certainly relish the opportunity to continue the conversation with you at some point in the uh, the future, Paul, and just see exactly um, how much trajectory we've seen um, on this um, on this particular topic, because it's important that people do start to sit up and take notice. And I'd love to catch up in the future and just see exactly uh, to what extent that's happened. Yeah, amazing. And I would love to hear from people that are on the kind of the same, you know, so either businesses that are on the same journey and kind of understand this, or people are impacted, you know, and want to become part of a community of change, you know, to be able to kind of help individuals on this journey. You know, we have an offering on our platform, which is a community platform, which is all about connecting people, about helping individuals help themselves, and then smaller businesses get access to scale. So I'm hoping that that will really help. Absolutely. And certainly anybody tuning into this podcast, I would encourage you to go and check that out. And uh, if anybody does feel, you know, particularly, uh, you know, impassioned by some of the issues that we have discussed today, and you do have something to uh, to say, then uh, please do feel free to contact us directly. You can do so via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us to do that. Or if you are the head of a business or your own organisation, and you have your own perspective that you'd like to bring directly to the discussion table on this or any other topical matter or issue, then you can do that as well via leaderscouncil.co.uk uk forward slash apply and it could be you sat down with me on the program next time um for now it has been an immense pleasure welcoming c coaches paul burton on to today's show and thanks ever so much for your time again and taking to join us paul and uh, do take care and i'm sure we'll catch up on the uh, the show in the very near future thank you scott appreciate your time and to all listening into the uh, the program um, i've been your host as always on this episode of the leaders council podcast scott challoner and until next time take care all and goodbye <laughs>